Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Meg's podcast. This is episode five, part two. I know. So this brings us to kind of our second visit to the hospital, which happened in April. So that's why this this is a special episode happening in April and why this is why we're sharing all this. Um I was at my office and my dad, I guess my dad had to make all the rough phone calls. So my dad called me at the office and um, said kind of the same thing. It's not good. Um, He had scans again and the tumor obviously has continued to grow, which we could see that from his, you know, his physical appearance. You could see his tummy was so huge, Um, but that it had spread to his lungs and his um, bladder. So uh, another, I guess, kind of background information here is that I had just taken a new job and it's uh, the same company I work for now, but I had, so I had, uh, the week this happened, this was right after Easter. Um, because I had, I had flown out on Easter Sunday to start my like onboarding training and everything. And, uh, I was going to be in South Florida for the entire week and getting back, I think like late Thursday night. Um, and then, you know, that's when, that's when you got the call was that ended towards the end of that week as I was finishing up here in Florida and getting ready to head back. You had just landed. And so, and that, and now all of a sudden it's like, I think we need to get to Memphis like now. And I was the only one. I, I cried really hard at my office and I won't ever forget all the sweet, I call them my, um, my state farm mom. So I worked for a state farm back in Texas and, um, I had an office full of just really loving ladies that cared for me and my family during that time too. They well, literally they, they, they had watched you take so many calls there, you know, during, you know, you'd go upstairs to take a call when you'd get a chance to get, to get an, an update, update on Bennett and... if he had a scan or had a new treatment. And mm-hmm. so they had walked through the last 3 4 months with us and um uh I was crying. I had taken a call upstairs in the conference room and I was crying and I just said, you know, um, they said, what's wrong? And I said, he should have more time. And that's all I could, that's all I could say. I literally couldn't say anything else other than he should have more time. I think if anybody has been, if anybody's been through situations similar to this, you know, and when it gets towards the end, I think, um, you know, with, with cancer and, and and probably many other things that are kind of drawn out processes that just kind of break the body down. Eventually it's, they, the timelines can change in a hurry and really quick that, that phone call um, was talking that you got from your dad was talking about weeks. And so it was so more, they had, they had given, they had told the family and, and what was relayed to my dad was weeks which was relayed to us and um so I kind of 
um, gathered myself together as best I could. The ladies at the office offered to drive me to the house, but I said, no, 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 I'm okay. Logan just got off the airplane. He's driving back to the house. I'm going to meet him there and update him. And the drive from my office to my house was only 10 minutes away. But in that 10 minute period of time, by the time I had pulled up in my driveway at the house, I knew I was leaving. I mean, come hell or high water, I didn't care what you said, Logan. I was leaving the next day, if not that night, in the middle of the night to drive up to Memphis. There wasn't anybody that was going to stop me. Something deep, deep, deep within my gut said, you have to go now. And I mean, like, it was like somebody was yelling it to me on a megaphone. That is what it felt like to me in that 10 minute drive. That is what I experienced. So I remember walking through the door, me and Lo, I was, I think actually I was already there and you came in and I was crying and we, I was updating you. I think you went and picked up the girls from school. Um, Something else I remember is my best friend, Melissa, she came over and, um, you know what? This is what's great about best friends. And if you don't have a Melissa in your life, I hope you find one. That's my prayer for you. I didn't, I couldn't even say anything. I was grieving so much from my gut and just crying. I couldn't pack. I couldn't think what to pack. I couldn't think what to do for the girls. I couldn't think. And she just started doing stuff. She did my laundry. She packed all of my bags. She packed my bag. She packed the girls' bags. And I remember Logan walking in and saying, well, we haven't even decided for sure if we're hitting the road. You know, it may be a day or two. And me and Melissa both looked at him at the same time and almost said, you're leaving like ASAP. And I I think Logan knew at that point, like it's not up for discussion and my best friend is backing me. So Melissa just came in and I'm going to cry about this too, because she's like the sweetest, dearest friend and I miss her and I'm emotional tonight. And so, but she literally just started doing stuff. I, it wasn't like she said, Hey Meg, what do you need me to do? I couldn't have verbalized that. She's, she swept my kitchen. She cleaned my kitchen. She did my laundry. She packed my suitcase. She packed my girls' suitcases. I think she went and got us snacks for the road. I mean, th- she spent hours that afternoon and night helping get us prepared for. Yeah, I remember it. So that was because that was a Friday. Um, and we I... we got we left. Um, we had coordinated, we were able to coordinate with your sister, uh, Christy, well, my and- older sister, she had called me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm leaving as soon as we can leave. And again, at that point in my family's mind, you know, they're thinking, cause we were told it's going to be weeks. And so they're like thinking, okay, well, let's not rush too, too much. Like we might have a a few days like to make arrangements and, and get whatever we need to get together. But I told Christy, I said, I don't know. I feel it in my gut. I'm leaving as soon as I can get on the road. And she said, okay, I'm going to leave too. And so she packed up her girls and, and, um, her son too. 
And uh, later that night, my parents were going over to my younger sister's house, Amy's house. And I remember being over there with them. I think we just needed to be together as a family to process what was going on. You know, sometimes it's not about what you say. It's sometimes just about what you do. And at that moment, I think we just needed to like literally be in the same room together. And um, so I told my parents and Amy that we were planning to leave the next day. And I think they were hesitant a little bit at first. I don't know for sure. You'll have to hear their, you know, their story. Everybody experienced it in such a different way. This was not, but again, this was, it's not that, it's not that simple to, if you're not planning to go go. to Memphis, I mean, it's an eight plus hour drive. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's a a quick little day trip. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. And especially everybody had little kids. And Amy Amy had a newborn. Amy had just just had, Amy had just had Lucy. And so they were like, okay, we'll leave as soon as we can too, but we have a little bit more loose ends to tie up. You know, we'll get there when we can. So uh, early, early the next morning, we left for Memphis. And I don't know that I will get through much of the next part. So I'm going to let you share more of kind of our second trip, my second trip, your first trip to St. Jude. Well, it started off with uh, a bit of torture in the car as we had to listen <laughs> to the Frozen soundtrack on repeat the entire way because and the movie <laughs> that was the only thing that kept Haley Bell, uh, who was you know barely who had just turned two, um, uh, content. And so yeah, I uh, I learned it all by heart on that trip, but. Uh, Luckily, we got up there. Uh, everything went fine as far as you know, just getting there. I mean, uh, there's they lots were, of it moving was parts, amazing. kids, two cars. You know, I mean, we got there without incident, and you know, and that was the biggest thing. Is like at what, uh, which if we hadn't, you know, this story would have been even more difficult um, because you know, as we were as we were on the road. We got the call um, from uh, from Meg's brother that said, "Yeah, look, um, things are things are progressing pretty rapidly here. It's 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 not weeks, it's days." Um, and so, you know, so that obviously ups up, you know, that ups the uh, um, the ante a little bit as far as getting there. And so, you know, any any anything we had in our minds as far as a buffer is gone now. And so. Um, but we got there, uh, the, you know, we got there and the sun was still up. Um, I, we were able to walk in and around the campus and, um, and they said, uh, you know what, I, I think we'll, we'll be able to bring him down. Uh, if he's, I think he's feeling well enough. Um, and he'd like to see the cousins. Yeah. And so we, we were down in the, you'd mentioned the K cafe earlier. And uh, so we, we were, we were down there and, um, he came down and, um, that was heartbreaking to see. Um, I, you know, obviously I had not been around him, uh, since the beginning of the, um, his treatment. And so, I mean, he just, the, I mean, the tumor was just massive. Um, and you know, and, uh, 
you know, it's just, it was heartbreaking to see. Um, but he was awake and he was alert and, um, and, and he wanted ice cream by God, the kid wanted ice cream. And so we, uh, we got him a whole bunch of ice cream and, uh, he sat there at the table and, um, that guy was just, it was a really sweet and precious moment. Um, uh, I got to give him a fist bump, uh, fist bump and blow it up. And, um, you know, and it, he, he was getting pretty tired and, um, had to go, had to go back upstairs. So we, we had a, you know, we got there and we got to have a couple hours, um, or, you know, we have the sweetest picture of him sitting with his cousins and they all have ice cream and are eating and have smiles on their face. And he has like four different ice creams in front of him. And, you know, he just kept that, pointing. He wanted he to, just, he, he, liked he kept his, pointing at the ice cream and his uncle Logan would run over. I mean, you would have bought him the whole case of ice cream if he had, if he'd asked for it. Um, but that was the last like time that we all got to be, um, yeah, I don't know that he was ever really awake. He wasn't awake after that. after that. So that was kind of his last meal well, meal as a family. So and- that was Saturday evening. Um, then we, uh, so the, the next day, um, we're kind of back and forth. I mean, the, it was, it was difficult with the kids at this point, you know, we, so I, I was kind of running interference with, with our kids and, you know, and Christy's kids so that, you know, you and Christy could try to be up there. Um, but you know, the, the realities of the situation were setting in. And so the, anybody who hadn't left was scrambling, trying to get there. Um, I mean, Chad, uh, Christie's husband ended up having to, he couldn't get a flight to Memphis, uh, but got one to Little Rock. And so ended up uh, flying into Little Rock and renting a car and driving over from Little Rock. And um, I mean, there's just, there was all kinds of um, things going on. Uh, grandparents trying to get there. Um, it was just, uh, Sunday was a very strange and surreal day. Um, just and I guess it kind of culminated in us all, you know, there was some things we had done and we'd seen their apartment they were staying in and been down with the, their kids to the, down to the edge of the Mississippi and, um, um, and seeing some different things, but it ultimately it ended up, uh, you know, we were all there that night. Um, so everybody made it in and we were all at the hospital that night. Um, and, Ben came out and said all the cousins were kind of playing in one of their play areas in the hospital. And, um, Ben came out and said, um, he's in so much pain. The pain meds that they're going to give to him to help relieve that he'll be, uh, he'll be asleep. And we want the kids to, we want, sorry. I'm trying to get through this. <laughs> we want Davis and Reed to come and see him before he like is asleep. <sighs> yeah. And so, um, 
so they grabbed Davis and Reed and, and they had about an hour, just Ben and Megan and, and Bennett and Davis and Reed um, back in the room. It might have even been less than an hour. Just them, just them five. And then um, Logan and the other uncles, Jake and Chad, um, took the kids um, back into the play area and the library area of the hospital and let them kind of run around and play. And um, Ben and Megan were so gracious to let grandparents and aunts and uncles and even cousins, um, anybody that wanted to come in once he, they gotten him kind of calmed down in, in the pain medicine um, to come in to see him. And they could. And I always just really, really, really appreciated that, um, that they would allow, you know, that much family to come in and see him and hold his hand, you know, um, in those last few hours. And the uncles were really great because you guys just took care of the kids for us. We had, we all had really young kids and y'all just took care of them. I didn't think twice about it. I knew you were taking care of them. And, um, it's actually funny. I mean, that's when, do you remember Davis kind of running in and out of the room? So he would run from, you know, hanging out with you, Logan, and all the cousins, and he would want to come back into the hospital room to see Ben and Megan and, and Bennett. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I know Megan shared this story, you know, on season one, when we, when we tell this and they tell it, it, it's funny. It it brings some smiles and laughter Levity to, to a very yes difficult situation. You tell it. Well, he 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 opened the door, stuck his head in, and asked, "Is he dead yet?" And I about <laughs> I like thank God nothing was in my mouth because I would have choked on it. But I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting him to say, but that wasn't it. Um, but I just. I've never seen you grab your nephew so quick. <laughs> you just kind of like scooped him up real quick. But as soon as you got him out into the hallway, we were all, I mean, we all busted out laughing. He was in kindergarten. He didn't really understand or know, like he was still kind of processing, okay, what does this mean? And you know, he just wanted to know, like, had it right. had it, had it happened? Well, yet? You've, you've prepared yourself for it, so let's you know, okay, I guess let's get on with it. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was just one of those one of those really strange out, moments. I peeked out the hospital door because you snatched him up and carried him out of the room so quick. I peeked out the hospital door and I just saw you walking down the hallway, and you just had Davis like you were carrying him like a barrel under your under your arm and he was just laughing like he was happy and that just made my heart happy like okay it brought a little laughter like Ben and Megan just busted out laughing and they were like did he just say that what did he just say we were all just like looking at each other and um then to see you like walking down the hallway holding him that way and him just like belly laughing and did he still call you yo is it Yogan is that who Uncle Yogan? I mean, that's 
always kind of been a nickname with them, but I, I don't, I can't remember. I just, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, look at this point in the trip, I mean, we've already, my up back in the hotel earlier that day, um, we had, no, that was the next day. Was it the next? I can't. Uh huh. See, it all runs together. When you're, you're, you, I was trying to take a shower. And so you were in the room, like when I got in the shower. And, but so, I had left. But, but then I, I, left. I didn't know that. And so, but you, so you did that deal where at a hotel where, you know, back in, back in the old days with the old like uh, sliding lock or whatever, uh, use that kind of you put that forward to keep the door from closing so that you don't need your key to get back in anyways there's several families of our several of the different families were all on the same floor within a few rooms of each other so again i'm in the shower i don't know (laughs) when i got in the shower you were there in the room and then the next thing i know i hear like i'm like washing my face so it's not like i can like turn around and look exactly and i hear somebody in the bathroom so i assume it's you um and then i all of a sudden i hear uh and i turn around and it's my two and a half year old niece who's (laughs) pulling back the curtain and i'm like (laughs) it's i I, i'm just like i I just start yelling for you i am down down the hotel hallway like far down and i could hear this yelling Meg, well, where are you? She's just staring at me, and I'm like, "What?" And I can't even put together wh- how she got there. I'm like, "Where did you come from?" I mean, this isn't this isn't a five year old. This is a two and a half year old that apparently came and pushed our door open, and then came in the bathroom. I, I think she was she was looking for Haley because they're almost oh the same age. Gosh. Anyways, that is like. Oh my gosh, that made us hysterically laugh. Like, um, I, I but just, yeah, she came in and and it's just Logan a couple of those like really down the hotel hallway. So really? yes, there are a few family moments, even in the midst of our worst nightmare and our deepest grief, where there was still laughter and some smiles. Um, but yes, very sadly. You know, obviously this whole story is um, Bennett passed away on, um, well, what I like to say is his heaven birthday is April 28th. And so that is why April in this episode is is special and hard. You know, I think those kind of go together. Like it's something, you know, I think that... Like I've said earlier, it's just this life, these life-changing events, you know, these things that happen in your life that just absolutely change your heart and even sometimes the course of your life. And um, we wanted to tell our story, our side of the story, Um, because I know from the outside looking in, a lot of times, you know, we post only like the happy things online or, you know, all the awesome stuff going on in your life. And, um, it's important. Well, I mean, I guess here on the Meg's podcast, if you're listening to episodes, you know that our life is a bit chaotic (laughs) and crazy at times. Um, 
but it was important. I always want to share his story. Like I always want to honor my nephew and in his memory. Um, I miss him. Like. I know. And it was, you know, we, his, with him being so close in age to Haley, um, you know, that's always been kind of a, I don't know, um, a, a mile marker, you know, watching her grow up and, um, giving some frame of reference for him and, you know, where he would be. And, um, you know, and it's just, I, and it's tough for someone like, I don't I mean, I had a really hard time with this and honestly, I still do to a certain extent. Like I've never really been able to reconcile what happened. And, um, you know, I can, I think I can, I, I, I know life's not fair and I know that's not how the world works. Um, but this is just, I think, um, like the, the next kind of things that I want to like talk about or share is, well, one kind of what we ended up doing with the dinner gala, um, we, um, obviously did that in his honor and in his memory. Um, and we did that in June following, you know, he passed away in April and, um, I was blown away by how generous people were and supportive they were and, it was incredible to sit back and just watch like what, what became, um, known as Bennett's bash originally. And then later on, um, it was called St. Jude presents Bennett's bash and it was a dinner, um, gala event. And, um, in between Dallas and Fort Worth in the mid cities area, and I just like couldn't be more proud of um, that we had a whole team of people. So our team grew from four to over 20 people that joined the committee and put this event on, not only in Bennett's honor and memory, but also just because we wanted to be, our committee wanted to be a part of um, helping fundraise for this amazing hospital because we all understood there's a family that's going to walk through the doors tomorrow. And even now, as I'm saying this, if you're listening, that's the unfortunate reality is there's a new family that will walk through the doors of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital facing a parent's nightmare. But this hospital, what they're going to do is not just take care of the treatment, they're going to take care of the housing. They're going to take care of travel expenses. They're going to take care of food. So all you have to worry about as a parent is helping your child fight and just loving them and holding them. And that is their mission. That is their heart. That's their mission. And I'm so proud of the committee and the team um, because it wasn't just one person that did anything. It literally was this incredible committee, this incredible team that put on this event year after year after year, and it just grew bigger every year. And I look back on those years, and even though they were tough and there were some growing pains and learning curves, I didn't know how to manage or do events like that. So I was learning a lot. 
um, and messing up a lot, but it, we worked as a team, like it was a team effort and nothing could have gotten done without each part of the, you know, the different parts of the team doing different tasks within the team. And I just am really grateful that I got to be a part of it. Like I look back at those years and I miss it, like doing all of that. It was incredible. Well, I, it was, and I, you know, I give, I give you so much credit for, um, just sticking with it and and fighting through some, you know, a lot of different, difficult situations. And, um, because it, these, it is hard and these things don't just happen by accident. Uh, they, it takes a ton of work and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you'll, that you'll never know and that will never tell you, but it was very difficult (laughs) and it would have been very easy to, you know, walk away uh, and just say, you know, we've done enough um, up to this point, but um, you know, that, that was, it was that, that week you spent there. um, And then even that, that last trip, um, when Bennett passed that, you know, it just really cemented, uh, the, the passion and the importance of, of what they do there. And, you know, I mean, for crying Danny. out loud, he, he, I mean, it, it's not like, it's not like we have some wonderful, happy story of how they, they saved Bennett's life. I mean, but still just still the love and, um, the importance of what they do shown through despite, you know, our loss. And it was just really, it's an incredible place. I mean, it really is. Danny Thomas is the founder of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And he said, no child should die in the dawn of life. And and he's right. Yep. Um, too many do. And, you know, I, and again, the, there's a lot of research you can do on that. And, and, Look, there's... And so that's the other part of this whole episode is is I, I wanted you guys to know about the event that that you know became because of not because of that's not the right way to say it. I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> well, it came about from a very the, the reason you were there and the reason you got such an up close look at St. Jude was because your nephew had a horrific and um, rare cancer that, you know, that, I mean, most hospitals in the country wouldn't even, you know, know how to spell. I mean, you know, and, and so it's that rare. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a terrible situation, but, you know, that's, that's life. Like where we, we somehow, like when we go through these, these, trials and these difficult times like and then you see in the end you know what what can come from that not not you know it again. and I don't ever want to say that 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 him passing had to happen for this to happen oh. I don't I don't believe that kind of stuff but what I do believe in um and we haven't really touched on it yet. And it's a question that me and you get often when anytime we talk about the story of Bennett and Ben and Megan is obviously y'all know that our faith is really important to our family. We're pretty vocal about that. 
Um, I don't think we ever want to be like churchy about it, if that's the right word. But um, you guys know we believe in God and that that is a big question is how can you still believe or be okay? How can you still have faith after something like this happens to your family? I get that question a lot. And it's hard for me to articulate this. So I'm hoping, Logan, you can be my translator. Because um, for me, it was more about feeling like I wasn't ever alone. So even though Bennett passed away, And Ben and Megan, I love how they say this, that he received his healing in heaven, on heaven's side, not earth's side. And and that's true. Like, he's in zero pain. And to watch what he was going through and suffering here, it's awful. And I think that in my darkest moments, when I was just on my knees praying and crying, like, I just knew that God was there. Like I just didn't ever feel alone. And I think about the scripture verse that I've known since a kid, that since I was a kid, that's um, I think it's first Peter five, seven. I hope it is. I, I may have butchered that, but it says, I cast all my cares upon you. And then there's even a song like an old school. I think it's a nineties old school worship song that says, I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And if at any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. That's the song part, but the actual scripture is just that I cast all my cares upon you. That is like what got me through some of those darkest moments, like as family, you know, grieving over what Bennett was having to endure and then grieving over losing him is just knowing that I just didn't ever feel alone. Like it says also there's scripture that says, you know, God will never leave you or forsake you. And so like, I just always felt that. And that's, it actually strengthened my faith in some ways. I didn't feel like it wrecked it or destroyed it. That's what I feel like a lot of people ask me And for so many years I did, um, and I'm, I'm proud of it. And I'm, I always, and like I said in the story, I love to share about, I did a lot of talking about the hospital and, and I got to testify a great deal about the amazing hospital. And I love that. And our family will always support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. They mean a whole lot to us. But I feel like now I have an opportunity where I can talk a little bit more about, um, you know, and answer this question about my faith for people and just testify that for me, yes, I still believe that God is good and I still believe in him. And um, and that's important to me that that people know, like, that even go even though you go through hard things, I don't know. I feel like at this moment now I am rambling. So maybe you should jump in, Logan. <laughs> like it, 
I, I said it already. I mean, I still have a hard time with this, and so I'm not really where you're at on it, but I get it. Um, you, you know, this is... Uh, I don't you, think... You had, I'm not trying to understand why it happened. I don't think I will ever understand. I don't think there's anybody on this earth that will ever know why bad things I think happen. I think what you're trying to say though is when you get to that point where you have no answers for what you're feeling, uh what you're experiencing and like it's just like it seems like a never-ending pit of darkness that you just said all I can do is trust you. I just I'm putting this all on you God like I I don't know how to get through this. Like I need I need your help. And um yeah. And then See, I knew you, you would did. know how to, and, I know. And you got through it. And so, and you know, and you were even able to, you know, again, it's not about, you don't want to make it sound like you said about like, like, oh, well, because this happened, we were able to do this, but just no, born, no. but born these ideas that were born out of an awful, terrible, heartbreaking situation. Um, a lot of good came and, you know, it's, it's, you gotta, you ha- you have to have time. Um, you know, to be able to offer perspective and be able to look back and see these things. But that's where, you know, that. And, and, you know, even with each year that passes, I feel like I look back and I either remember something or even my perspective changes a little bit, or maybe I learned something or I see it from a different viewpoint. It, it does change a little bit over time. Like I said, I've had a few years where we haven't done the dinner gala event in Texas because obviously we moved to Florida. Um, And I think my perspective a little bit has changed where I'm like, you know, I really do want people to know, you know, a little bit more about my faith side of it and just how for me, I felt like how, you know, God walked me through the darkest moments and, um, so that's that's important to me. Is- well, and, and I think I think what's important, and I think what we want everybody to take away from this is, you know, there's everybody's going to face, you know, these really dark times in life. Now, what 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 gets you there? I mean, who knows? I mean, it it, it certainly is not always just. Uh, losing somebody close to you. Um, I mean, there's, there's a million different ways to get to these dark places, but um, you know, uh, but just sharing, you know, these stories and, and just that, you know, if, if you just, even when you don't know what to do or any idea how to do it, you just, you have to keep moving forward. And, you know, for us, faith was really important um, and, and, and trying to get through that. And, you know, and again, you, you, you may not be able to see it at the time, but in the long run, you, you will see, you know, how, um, as long as you keep moving forward, you know, even if it's just an inch at a time, you just have to keep going. And, um, and eventually that can turn into some, some pretty incredible things. And, and you can get through these difficult times and, you know, and maybe even, able to talk about it one day, you know, and, and help others. And so that, that's, I think that's the hope I think here. That's, uh, yes. I was just about to say, I think that's what we want to end with too, is the hope of it all. And if you're listening today 
and you feel, you know, ex- if you're excited or think it's really cool what St. Jude is doing, um, we will post links on our social media of how you can um, give if you feel led to give and make a donation. Um, you can actually do that in Bennett's honor. Um, we That would like mean the world to our family. Um, but <laughs> this is the other thing. We know that there's really other other hospitals that are doing amazing things. And we know there's other organizations helping families um, that are battling other, I'm getting choked up again, other diseases. And we want to support those too. So really our hope is that there were so many family and friends that during that four and a half months of going through this with Bennett and Ben and Megan, that journey that reached out and loved on me and Logan and supported us. And we just encourage you that if you know somebody that's going through a hard time and it doesn't have to be an illness, um, just, I think it's just doing something kind, like just taking a moment. And uh, Megan brought this up to when she shared her um, back in season one, shared about Bennett, that you can't always wait for somebody to tell you what they need. It's hard when you're going through something traumatic to even think clearly. I would encourage you to be like how Melissa was to me. She just showed up and started doing things and, um, you know, show up with groceries or um, show up at your friend's doorstep to take their kids to the park to give the mom you know, 30 minutes to an hour, or I'm just thinking off the top of my head, or even if you're like, oh gosh, I only have $5 or I only have $10 to give. Oh my goodness. What a blessing that would be. You know, that could be a meal for a family that could be some gas money for a family. Like that could mean more than what you ever think that it could mean. So please, you know, even if it's five dollars, um, I would give it joyfully because it will mean the world to whoever. So we want you to find, you know, some place in some way to help somebody. We just want you to be kind to somebody going through something really difficult or traumatic. Um, what else, Logan? Yeah. Well, and if you ha- if you have a cause that you're that you're passionate about, I mean step up and do something like, you know, if you feel like you're supposed to do something and you just don't know where to start, I mean, that, that doesn't mean you can't. And so again, this, this was born out of, you know, no real clear direction or idea of what it would need to look like or be. It was, it just was this overwhelming feeling of you got to do something. And so again, and now that, you know, I would suggest a worthy cause is probably not like going and lighting somebody up on social media because you disagree with them. But I mean, like you want to make a change in the world or you want to help then, then do it and, you know, and just be passionate about it and, and, and understand that it's going to be difficult, but you can do it. And if you really feel called to it and you have that on your heart, then, you know, I think that's there for a reason. And so, um, anyways, I hope that encourages you, um, you know, the, there's, there's lots of needs out in the world right now. Um, 
And so find something you're passionate about, uh, be generous. And, um, I think you'll, you'll be shocked to find out how, how rewarding that could be in the long run for yourself. Absolutely. You said it best. Really, you should probably do all the talking. (laughs) Well, we want to thank you for listening to the Meg's podcast. Uh, You guys are truly amazing. We really, really do appreciate all the downloads. And um, if you want to subscribe, we would greatly appreciate that too. If you'd like to write a review, that would be awesome also. Uh, So we hope you guys have a great week and we will catch you next time. And uh, don't forget to lock the uh, lock the hotel room door when your husband's in the shower. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>